Welcome everyone to the third edition of the 2021 Waiver Wire Podcast. It is week four of the NFL season. We got to review what went right, what went wrong in week three, and figure out how to win our fantasy football leagues this week. Eddie Spaghetti, how's it going? Uh, things are good in a sense, in a fantasy sense. Things are not so great in an NFL football team that I root for sense. But what makes it really good is that now with my team being 0-3, I no longer have to watch the New York football giants. I could you know, cancel my NFL Sunday ticket, and I could focus on one thing that truly matters, which is my fantasy football team. So I'm full red zone the rest of the NFL season. I'm just focused on my team, and my favorite team now are the guys that are, are on my roster. So that's what I'm rooting for. So 3-0, Giants are 0-3. So there's a silver lining to, to this NFL season for me. So uh, do you have any Alvin Kamara? Because I think he looks like he might be in a good spot this Sunday. I mean, not to rub it in. Uh, no, no shares of uh, AK, but yes, I, I mean, you know, in our, our extra points arcade pool here, I was like, this this Saints versus Giants game is a no-brainer. They're going to crush them. Uh, they're going to have a field day versus them. Blake Martinez out, and, and it's it's a bummer because he's been so great. One of the bright spots for the Giants. Uh, I know Daniel Jones is great as well. They're not scoring points, so Saints defense, if you have them, they're going to look good. I mean, it's just going to be a disaster. Yeah, probably, but that's okay because as you said – it's a it's a fantasy win, and you can always target the Giants with your running backs to get more points or whatever. But you know what, Eddie? They're going to win a game or two, and then you're going to feel better, and you'll be a Giants fan again. You know, it's all good. It's how it feels. You know, I've often said that men are actually too emotional to play fantasy football, but we'll go into that on another season. You actually seem in control with your 3-0, so, like, you, you may not be one of those. But men and their sports, it's a very emotional thing. I get emotional, too, but – Men in sports, it's it's a very, very special, special bond. We have an awesome, awesome show. If you're watching this live, please join in. We are taking questions from you, interactions from you. We have one of my all-time favorite people in the world, a fantastic fantasy football analyst, as well as baseball, hockey, basketball, you name it, Chris Meany, joining us shortly. So if you have any questions for Chris, go ahead and throw them out. And, of course, we're going to get to all the news, notes, and the things you need to set your winning lineups for this week. Um, news, of of course, uh, big news. Obviously, everyone's heard Christian McCaffrey out uh, probably at least three to four weeks. I'm sure you've all put in your bids for Chuba Hubbard, maybe even for Royce Freeman in deep leagues. Um, so that, of course, is news. James White is out. Maybe you want to look at Brandon Bolden. I don't know. A.J. Brown out for a few weeks. And here's the big news of the day. Julio Jones did not practice today. So um, I, I got to ask you. Do you trust these NFL coaches at all? Because Vrabel was asked about this a few days ago. He's like, you know, no, we were just kind of, you know, managing his workload. And liar. Did you go to the Kyle Shanahan School of Coaching? What's going on here? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because there's a few weird uh, things with the injuries that I was looking at today with coaches and how much they talk about it. And uh, this was a weird one. I don't trust them, number one. I think – Part of me thinks that the NFL, the coaches are a little jealous of like the NHL model where they give like upper body, lower body injury, which is it's so frustrating. And I think coaches now with like, you know, there's so much information available to these coaches and to these players 
that they want to just try to keep some things close to the vest. And I, I could see that side for it, but obviously, you know, for the business that we're in, we have to talk about this stuff uh, for fantasy or just for or uh, whatever else we're doing. And it's it's very frustrating to see that. And like another weird injury related thing too with uh, with coaches like Judge today going Golden Tate made some comments about the Giants and he's like bragging about the lack of soft tissue injuries. And I still wonder. And I, I think we brought this up a, a few weeks back. It's like. Uh, the lack of starters playing in the preseason, I, I feel like now it's, you know, going into week four, we're still going to see some of this stuff flare up early on in the seasons because now, I mean, there's an extra game in the season, but with them not playing at all in preseason are very, very limited, more so than we've ever seen. Like, I'm not going to be shocked about more guys having these injuries flare up and then, like, now coaches, Vrabel and whoever, just saying, like, oh, you know, we're not going to give you the full scope of what's really going on. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of something, you know, something hinky going on for sure. I, I think also, though, they actually hate your fantasy football lineups because you have, like, Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> you have this, you know, Michael Rabel thing, whatever. And then on the other side, we have, like, actual players like Austin Eckler, who's actually hosting his own fantasy football yeah. podcast. Awesome. So it, it's like, which side is it? I feel like it, it almost, like, draws a line in the sand, like, are you pro-fantasy or anti-fantasy? And, and I get it, but... uh I don't know. I feel like they're trying to be sneaky almost on purpose to a level they haven't been in the past, but don't trust coaches. Yeah. I think that's all I'm going to say here. I'm with you on that hundred percent. Don't trust anything they say. Uh, it makes it way harder for us. We don't need any more disadvantages in fantasy football, but it uh, looks like we're getting a new one in the 2021 season here. Yeah. And due to that injury, because we do know that AJ Brown will probably be out a few weeks perhaps Julio Jones as well. What's interesting to me is it looks like actually, and this sounds crazy, Derrick Henry is becoming more and more valuable in PPR leagues. He is having the receiving season of his career, and I'm here for it. I have him. I love Derrick Henry. And the other person you may want to look at on the waiver wire is Nick Westbrook-Akine, who saw a lot of, you know, workload in the absence of AJ Brown and Julio Jones last week. So he could get more targets this week in this matchup. Another piece of injury news that came out today, there will be no T. Higgins in a Thursday night football. So... Jamar Chase, uh, still plus money for an anytime touchdown prop across a lot of books. If you have the time, go ahead, lock that in right now because Jamar Chase, absolutely on fire. Four touchdowns across his first three NFL games. Three of those touchdowns have come in a game with a 30-yard reception, three in a row. It's it's just kind of incredible because we were, again, we were all freaked out. Thanks, reporters. You were telling us that he stunk in practice, that he stunk in preseason, that he couldn't hold onto the ball. This confusing white stripes. Oh, my God. Well, he's, like, tied for the number four wide receiver in fantasy right now. Um so I, I, I could not believe that just on that, like, it's one thing like, I know reporters have to report the the accurate news, but especially like team beat writers. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a lack of integrity thing on my end with the way my brain works. But it's like if you draft this guy, you're expecting big things like not only from him, but also to help out Joe Burrow, like the face of your franchise. And you're going to start putting out articles that he can't see the football and he's confused about the stripes. Like, I mean, this guy's played the best of the best in college. He's always been a high recruit. Uh, if you bought into that, I feel sorry for you. But yeah, it's a it's a weird move by the beat writers to do that. Totally weird move. Joe Burrow, by the way, looking pretty good this year. Really up to his yeah. completion percentage, seventy point seven percent, which is top ten amongst quarterbacks right now. Still four picks, which is a few too many in my opinion, but certainly not the seven of Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson. So uh, I, I do think the Bengals are going to win this game tomorrow night. Who do you think is going to win? It's a seven and a half. Points. I've, the spread. Who would you take? Jackson. I've Hill. always liked. 
I, I like the Bengals. I, I've liked them since the early in the season. I know people were down on them. I wasn't I wasn't a full believer in the Browns yet in the AFC North. I, the Steelers clearly have issues, and those issues have come to fruition with the O-line and be, Big Ben aging. And the Ravens, I, I thought that they were the cream of the crop, but I was like, I'm not totally sure that the Bengals are going to be totally out of the mix here. And I've been sort of right because we're talking about Jamar Chase having a great season. Joe Burrow looks like his knees, you know, as good as new, and he's playing all right. And Joe Mixon's having a phenomenal season as well. I like the offensive pieces, obviously having Boyd and Higgins as well the defense some questions but uh, I mean and then you look at this Jacksonville Jaguars team and uh, you know Trevor Lawrence doing a bunch of interceptions there was already rumors like oh Urban Meyer's gonna leave for the USC job he's really not into it he's more of a college coach uh no Travis Etienne they drafted and they don't seem to want to commit to James Robinson who was you know a plus last year and it's just a weird year for them and they're they're a few years away from mattering but I think maybe this Bengals team is more ready uh, now than people thought. And I, I like this Bengals team a lot to, to win this game tomorrow. Yeah, I think they win. I think they cover the spread. No problem. Seven and a half. Uh, Jacksonville is allowing a, the league high catch rate to opposing wide receivers and like the fourth most yards through the air. I think the receivers are going to be, I think, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and definitely Joe Mac Mixon are going to find the end. I think it's actually going to hit the over two, over 46. I think it's going to be sloppy defense. I mean, we'll see. Um, but you know what? If you like to bet on games, you can play with Eddie and I and Cousin Sal and Dave Damashek and Harry, all your favorites at Extra Points Pod. Go over to extrapoints.com slash arcade. We have a pick'em contest for every Sunday. We do keep track. And there are winners, and who doesn't love to win? How are we? How are we doing with our winners? Who won last week, Eddie? Oh, let's see. Right now, we got the prop quiz winner from last week, Jeff Samita. Seven right, one on the tiebreaker. The college picking winner, Justin Lance and uh, Brandon Burgess. They tie with fourteen out of twenty. And don't worry, we will have a, t- a college tiebreaker this week. But good for both you guys. You are getting a hat, both of you. And the NFL picking week three. The head-to-head this week, Greg Parker, Chris Golatat, and Brian Gallagher, all with 12 right. The week four games are now live, and like Jen said, you can play with all of us here at Extra Points. It's a lot of fun. The best part, it's free. All you need to do is put in your name and in the email. You can join the three contests, and they're going to be always new fun ones popping up here and there. But every week we have the NFL week picks, college picks, and the NFL prop quiz. And it's, it's so fun. You're going to get a hat, the extra points at. It's comfortable. It's stylish. You're going to love it. And so it, it's a great job by those folks who created the uh, Extra Points Arcade. So extrapoints.com slash arcade. There you go, Jen. Jen has the EP hat. You're going to get a gold one. You're basically in the Hall of Fame if you get that hat. So it's awesome. It's totally like hardware, total hardware. Um, so you definitely want that. And uh, who wouldn't, you know? And by the way, if you're not following Extra Points, I mean, like, I feel like this just turned into a giant commercial, but it needs to be because everybody needs to be following Extra Points on Twitter, on YouTube. That's really yes. important because all our videos go there, including a DFS video that I put out every weekend to help you get ready for your DFS lineup. So be sure you hit follow on Extra Points Pod on Twitter and find us over on YouTube as well. Okay, back to the news. Richard Sherman is going to Tampa Bay. Do we have any more storylines for this Tom Brady return, I don't know, revenge game? On Sunday night, and and what's going to happen here? And like like when games like this come up, does it make you want to play? Say, uh, I don't know, Kendrick Bourne more than you would have before because there's going to be a revenge game narrative. Like, do you buy into that at all? I mean, I'm pretty certain Tom Brady is going to just go crazy. 
I think Tom Brady is absolutely going to go crazy. And uh, from listening to our, our pal Martin Weiss, who was at the game, the uh, Rams-Buccaneers game, and he was down somehow. I don't know how Martin scored these tickets, yeah. but good for him. He was behind the Bucks bench. And he was telling this story, actually, on, on today's uh, Extra Points, which you can go listen to. And they he said that Tom Brady was so angry. And, like, obviously we've both seen Tom Brady scream and curse in the sidelines, but he was like every single player was getting screamed at uh, after every drive by Tom Brady. And now with this weird, like, Alex Guerrero stuff and Tom Brady's dad saying something about Belichick. So, you know, he's going to come out firing. And I think, I mean, my prediction is that maybe – Leonard Fournette, the running backs, whoever's in there for Tampa's not going to have the best game. Maybe receiving they will, but I think Brady's going to throw a lot of passes in this game. I think he's telling Bruce Arians, like, hey, I'm going to air this thing out. I want to beat Belichick badly. Uh, and then reversely, I think Belichick knows that's coming too. So it's going to be, you know, uh, an unstoppable yeah. force meeting and a movable object here. It should be a really, really fun game. But, man, oh, man, I'd be really afraid to, to play uh, a really pissed-off, angry Brady. And now they're adding Richard Sherman on the defensive side, and they need some – uh, DB helped terribly. I mean, this is not the Bucks even from last year. We were used to where they were dominant, and now they really need help. And you know, he was out there. And again, this is the long list of players who Tom Brady's picked up his cell phone and say, "Hey, Antonio Brown. Hey, Gronk. Hey, Richard Sherman. Like, come over here. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do this thing down in Tampa." And they got another one and a, and a great player. I think who has some left in the tank. So this is going to be a real heck of a game. I think it is too. I mean, Tampa Bay has actually surrendered the fifth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. They've been an easy matchup and the 10th most points to opposing quarterbacks. This could even be a good day for Mac Jones. I don't know. I'm definitely interested. Yeah, there are so many storylines. I hope we don't have to see any more subway commercials. That's my main request. Just no more of those, please. Where he doesn't actually eat the sandwich, just holds yeah. it because uh, it's, not, it's not in the contract. Weird. Not too hard. Trying too hard, but whatever. Um, yeah, so so big storyline there, and I, I think that's going to be fun. Um, so quickly, let's hit the waiver wire before we are joined by Chris Meany of the Noise Network. Um, Chubba Hubbard, probably the number one claim, if, if you still have time to make them, and a lot of leagues still do. Peyton Barber is someone that I think we now have to finally admit, okay, look, I know this guy averaged 2.7 yards per attempt last year, and this feels really, really gross, but he clearly is the handcuff for Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is prone to get a little bit beat up. I think that's why they went and got Kenyon Drake in the first place, but it's not Kenyon Drake. It's true. The one person that does tell the one person that does tell the truth, by the way, is John Gruden. He does. I mean, he, he told you Waller was going to start. He told you whatever. Josh Jacobs is still the guy he is when he's healthy. Um, and he said Peyton Barber was the guy that was going to be taking over for Josh Jacobs, and he has. He's seen 36 touches across the past two games as opposed to Kenyon Drake's 30. So uh, he had 142 yards total last week, found the end zone. It's gross. But especially if you're the Josh Jacobs owner, you probably want to put in a claim for Peyton Barber. Okay, Emmanuel Sanders went off as we thought he would. Tim Patrick is still available out there. That is absolutely wrong, and he shouldn't be, um, especially with K.J. Hamler now out for the season with a torn ACL. So that receiving court is now Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant. Those are the guys you want to make sure you have because Teddy Bridgewater is still the most accurate passing quarterback in the NFL, blows my mind, but these are the Incredible. facts. Unbelievable. Rashad Bateman, a sneaky move, returning to practice this week. If you need help at receiver, I was watching the game on Sunday. I don't know if you're watching it. Lamar was throwing darts everywhere. Everyone gives, you know, Lamar so much crap about not being able to pass. He looked fantastic. Hollywood Brown and the other receivers, too, could not hold on to the ball. It was like they got up and washed their hands in butter. In the it morning. killed me. The drops absolutely killed me. Oh, man. 
So yeah. poor Lamar, you know, doing the best he can out there, you know, carrying the team on his back. He and Justin Tucker carrying the team on their backs. Uh, so Rashad Bateman might be someone that you want to be anticipatory about. Uh, we mentioned Nick Westbrook. Um, you know, I don't know. Personally, I'm not doing the Josh Gordon thing. I know a lot of people are. He signed with Kansas City. If you want to, go for it. Maybe he will detract some attention from Tyree Kill and help you, whatever. You can put claims in on Josh Gordon. Um, but me, I'm, I'm kind of staying away from that. And, and, and one more thing, if you want to, again, get out in front, that San Francisco run game is still just a total disaster. The fact that they had to call in Trey Lance to run that touchdown in. And I know Trey Sermon got in there eventually as well, but you may want to stash Jeff Wilson Jr., especially if you have an IR spot and you're allowed to do that. So that's where we are with waiver wire. And can we go to our guests now? Do we have Chris? All right, guys, you may know Chris Meany as the fantasy expert that shamed Cousin Sal in a FanDuel playoff match last year in DFS. Uh, but we invited him anyway. Sal Gabe is okay. It's cool. He's one of the best in the big and one of my friends. And he can talk baseball, hockey, basketball. And, of course, he can talk fantasy football. And we're happy to have you here, Chris. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I, I totally forgot about that, actually, Cousin Sal. I remember doing that video and talking to Jerry about that after, and and I would do anything, of course, for either of you guys, and, and just happy to be here on this show, so thanks for taking the time to invite me. Appreciate it. Yeah. we. Well, I want to talk a little bit to you, Chris, because uh, earlier in the year, you had me on your show, Mean Streets, over at FTN Network. You guys give Chris and FTN Network a follow, um, and we talked about the Arizona Cardinals. We, we previewed them. And I got, I'm going to check our work a little bit. I think we did, I think we got pretty close to right so far. Now it's only been three games of the season, but I think, I think we saw some good stuff coming. Currently, Kyler Murray is the QB one and we both liked him a lot. And, yeah, we did. Yeah. Do you still like him a lot? Do you think this is going to hold? I do. Yeah. I think this is, I mean, the sky's the limit for Kyler. I think he improves every single week as a passer and he has so much confidence as a rusher as well. I mean, the offense too is, is absolutely lit. I mean, Christian Kirk is giving him something. AJ Green just had his first 100 yard game since 2018. They drafted Rondell Moore, who he's going to have his ups and downs. He's still fourth on that team in terms of, you know, snaps and running routes. But when he gets on the field, they, they find a way to get him involved. And they have two running backs who can play as well. And the defense helping out Kyler as well, just pressuring the quarterback and creating some turnovers. So I do believe that Kyler I think he's going to be the MVP right now. And, you know, Tom Brady is, is knocking on the door and, and Matthew Stafford's having a, a heck of a start as well. But Kyler Murray is, he's phenomenal. Like he's like basically it. averaged a rushing touchdown per game. If you just wow. take away those couple where he hurt his shoulder last season, but he's, yeah, I don't expect him to slow down at all. He's unbelievable. I took him number one overall in the Series X and Host League, and I got a lot of flack for it, but I'm feeling okay about it, you know, three weeks in. We'll see how I feel six weeks in. Eddie, now, since you were a 3-0 and team, uh, you know, how many Arizona Cardinals do you have? Fess up. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I'm not starting an uh, Arizona Cardinal player, but I do have Jim Connor on the bench. And he, the question I had was, is he someone that you could potentially play matchup-based, or do you think he's just strictly touchdown dependent? That's a good question. Uh, I think he kind of is touchdown dependent. Uh, you know, Jen, what you and I talked about was this backfield of Chase Edmonds and James Connor, And 
which would be the guy. And what I've noticed so far is that Connor, I mean, he just picked up his first target. He only has one target. He can catch. He's shown before that he could catch out of the backfield. But Eddie, to your point, I mean, last week was great. He found the end zone a couple of times, but before that he wasn't really targeted at all. And Chase Edmonds is not only getting targets, he's getting carries as well. So he's sprinkled in all over the place and Edmonds is sixth in routes run among running backs. He's got 17 targets, which is tied for the third most at the running back position. I really like him a lot this week against the Rams who do a good job of taking away the opposing team's number one, number two wide receivers. So I think in the right matchup, you can start him like last week against Jacksonville when the schedule turns soft and you figure Arizona is going to put up 30 points, which they most <laughs> they could do that week in and week out, but you could play him. But Edmonds, I think, is a must start where Connor maybe is more of a, a flex play here and there. Yeah, interestingly, in standard leagues, um, Connor and Edmonds are 25 and 26. Edmonds, 25. Connor's 26. And it's because of that touchdown uh, play. So if, if you're in a standard league, you know, Connor may be your guy. But in PPR leagues, it's it's Chase Edmonds. So a little bit format dependent. But I agree. Like, you're just playing for a touchdown if you're playing James Connor. That's you're, you're playing for goal line carries, which is always risky. Uh, Christian Kirk was someone that you and I said uh, we really, really liked late. Uh, and we actually even kind of liked him more. We liked him more than AJ Green, even though AJ Green is playing more snaps right now. Um, Christian Kirk actually currently the number 15 wide receiver in PPR leagues. How much Christian Kirk do you guys have? I have a little bit. Yeah, it was so cheap. I have a soft spot for Kirk uh, last year. I just have a soft spot for Kyler, and I think you do too. That's why we talked about Arizona on Mean Streets, like how good Kyler is. It's There's going to be some boom or bust in a lot of these guys' games, and we just saw DeAndre Hopkins. I know he wasn't 100%, but he didn't have the best game. But for Christian Kirk, just I just want to put him in my lineup as a flex week in and week out, knowing that – yeah, he could give me a couple of points, but the ceiling is so high inside this offense. I like him a lot more than AJ as well. Uh, he's playing a lot in the slot. Over 50% of his routes are, are run in the slot, which is there's a bit of a safety there. And, you know, he can take the top off a of defense as well. And Kyler has that deep ball working for him. So I have quite a bit. And I'm, <laughs> I have a lot of Arizona across the board. I'm happy with how things have started so far. Yeah, me too. Now, I want to segue here since we're talking about kind of underperforming. And DeAndre Hopkins is someone that people, People may feel a little frustrated with. I mean, we knew that he was a little bit banged up last week, so I don't think you should be too hard on him, but maybe not getting the results they want. So I want to ask you about a few guys that, you know, I want to know your worry level on. And I'm going to start out with Jonathan Taylor. What's your worry level on Jonathan Taylor? That's a good question. I... I am worried. I'm concerned. Uh, I'm just mostly concerned about this Colts offense. Like right. It doesn't look good. And Quentin Nelson went down, who's a big part of that offensive line. We still don't know the word on, on his status and what it's going to look like. But they're at least getting inside the red zone, but they're struggling. Like Jonathan Taylor is among the leaders in red zone rushing attempts, carries inside the five, but yet he doesn't have a touchdown. You can go down the list and name off 10 running backs who have carries inside the five and inside the 10 who have found the end zone, and he's yet to find it. But I, he was a slow starter last year as a rookie. The entire offense was, you know, Carson Wentz, there's a lot of questions when it comes to Carson Wentz. He's not 100% healthy. I believe that Frank Reich could get him right. Frank Reich believes that he could get him right, or else they wouldn't have sent a first-round pick to get him. And Wentz missed a lot of time with this offense in, in the preseason. The matchups ahead, Jen, are really nice. And he was a great buy low last year, too, because of those matchups that he had. He took advantage of it this week. You're about to say, I think, Miami. But after that, there's a lot of soft ones coming up as well. I'm into buying Jonathan Taylor. But I won't lie. I am concerned about the entire offense. They need to start 
pushing the ball down the field so that teams aren't stacking against them. And also, Naheem Hines is not going to go away. I mean, he's a great pass catcher. He's going to be involved. Yeah. Uh, I got a few more. And Eddie, jump in here with the guys that you want to ask about, too. Um, I want to ask how you're feeling about uh, – let's go to Robert Woods. So a lot of concern about Robert Woods. Uh, people worried that Cooper Cup is taking all the attention. Uh, yeah, what's your concern level on Bobby Trees? Also concerned, yes. I would say, like on a scale of one to ten, um, you know, six. I'm, I'm halfway, I'm just over halfway concerned when it comes to Woods. It's been a whole lot of Cooper Cup, and we're seeing Cooper Cup's true potential be untapped with this offense. And just hearing Sean McVay talk about it and how there's, you know, no throw that Matthew Stafford can't make, and how excited he was. Like everyone's talking about how fiery up he was last week over a missed field goal. It's not that. It's the fact that he has Matthew Stafford and what he can run with his offense you know last year there were only two games out of his 18 including the playoffs where he was held under four catches and we've already seen that twice so far he's never been a high ceiling guy he's he's come with a solid floor but this offense is so good that I be- I truly do believe he will eventually get his Stafford's throwing it around to everybody Deshaun Jackson got in on the fun last week Van Jefferson in week one Tyler Higby's been good but I do believe that Woods is going to be fine I think you just have to adjust your rest of the season outlook on him. Mm-hmm. A lot of people had him as a wide receiver too. If you can get him as a three, as your flex, and I think you should go ahead and do that. I, I, the schedule is also really nice moving forward. Mm-hmm. Jen, I'll jump in here with one, and I'm not just asking about this player because I watched his team beat my Giants, but coming into the draft, I mean, Kyle Pitts, people were already giving him a gold jacket. And if you watch any college football, he was really as good as a player can get. And I know tight end's pretty weak, and it has been weak for quite a number of seasons, but – 11 catches in three games. What's what's going on with Pitts? I mean, the Falcons have real no – they weren't supposed to be a, a running team. This is going to be an aired out team with Matty Ice being on his last legs there. What's what's going on with Pitts? Yeah, this is this is really puzzling. Uh, it's he, They're lining him up wide. Maybe they should just use him as a tight end. I don't know. Like, yeah. he's capable of being – he's capable of – you can move him around the field. He's going to be a mismatch. But I'm seeing him go up against decent corners. And I don't know, why don't you just play him as a tight end, maybe move him around in the slot against linebackers and take advantage of those mismatches over the field. So maybe it's just a a learning curve. You mentioned rookie tight ends. I don't remember the last one that was phenomenal. I mean, TJ Hawkinson, when he was a rookie, had an amazing first week and then he disappeared for the next few weeks. It takes a lot of time for these tight ends. The offensive line doesn't look good in Atlanta. Uh, Matthew, uh, Matt Ryan is not having a lot of time to throw the football. I mean, heck, he's not even hooking up with, with Calvin Ridley when Cordell Patterson, and he's been a great story, but when he leads the team in targets and catches, there's a problem. problem. And maybe that's why the offense is so bad. The tight end position is pretty brutal that at least he is getting some looks and some targets. I'd buy low, but he's not a top five tight end for me. I, there's other guys that I'd rather have at the position. Oh, for certain. I at this point, I'd almost rather have Dalton Schultz, almost. Um, but I'm still, yeah. I'm still hopeful for Kyle Pitts um, that that he'll have to get right because Matty Ice has to get right. Um, but what about this one breaks my heart because he's always been good. He's always been quarterback proof. But Allen Robinson, is this is this where that ends? Yeah, I don't know what to do about a Rob. I, I there's definitely the window is completely open to acquire this guy. There's really no doubt about that. Last week was puzzling. It's, it's a Matt Nagy thing. It really is. I mean, Allen Robinson has been a top 10 wide receiver in each of the last two seasons with poor quarterback play, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, you name it. He's, I don't think he's ever really had a great quarterback. Andy Dalton was probably his best one and, and fields 
as bad as he was last week, maybe the second best quarterback he's ever played with. It's they just didn't set up Justin Fields and it, they didn't put him in a good situation last it last week against Cleveland. They had one play where they had they were in motion. They ran they had two quarterback design runs. I don't know if Fields can or I don't know if uh, Nagy can play to Fields' strengths. I want to give A Rob the benefit of the doubt that he can be okay and he can be productive for you in fantasy. Now is not the time to sell him. You certainly don't drop him. It's it's very similar to Robert Woods. If you can get him as your third wide receiver, he's your flex. You kind of have to readjust your rest of the season outlook on him. Then I would do that. It's a really good matchup this week against Detroit. And also Cleveland's a good defense. Okay. They do really well at home. And he played the Rams in week one. So he's still getting a ton of targets. Mm-hmm. Just over 20 leads the way. But man, this Chicago offense... Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's not a good look. Nagy needs to go. Yeah, he does. Um, okay, one more. And, and this may be even – people are even asking about, can I drop this guy? Um, and then we'll move forward and look at some fa- some good guys, some positive things. I feel like we've gone really negative. Yes. Um, Robbie Anderson, uh, is he on a milk carton somewhere? What's up with Robbie Anderson? <laughs> yeah, he is. And he doesn't have a great matchup this week either. According to our wide receiver quarterback matchup tool, he's going to see uh, Anthony Brown. Um, so that's not a, a good spot for him. I don't think you could start him. I said last week on Mean Streets that I would I was considering dropping him. And then all he did last week, I get two targets. He dropped one of them. And then he, he just reeled in one, I believe, for eight or ten yards. CMC is out. So this would be like the another... Maybe you get one more week of Robbie Anderson. Can we see if he's going to get more involved in the offense without Christian McCaffrey? That's certainly possible. But he can't, like he's not touching my starting roster. I don't think you can roll him out with confidence. You want to play him in DFS and big tournaments? Sure, by all means. I mean, he's not going to come with a high ownership. But that out of all the players you just mentioned, he's the one I have the, the most concerns about. Yeah, he's the one I think is basically – on the drop list after this week, potentially, because there's yeah. got to be other wide receivers out there. You can get Tim Patrick or, you know, Christian Kirk is still available on a lot of waiver wires and you can't be holding Robbie Anderson over those guys, especially after this week. So there you go. All right. So I want to talk about um, some of your favorite, just give me one or two of your favorite surprises this year, guys that are absolutely balling that you are very pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. People, maybe you took a little bit uh, later in their drafts. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I just, I just feel like right away when you talk about most surprising, I, I think at Cooper Cup, I like that's not yeah. like that's not a great name um, to give you here on the spot. I'll, Mike Williams. Can we talk about Mike that's Williams? Like that's a guy who that's the one that's in my head. So there we go. We're on the same wavelength here. I mean, he was going roughly wide receiver 40, 42. The Chargers are super impressive. He's wide receiver they, they draft... in the season right now, he... and I wouldn't sell him. Uh-uh. I'd just, so I'd people just are talking him. about selling him high. So I'm getting this question already. Sell Mike Williams high. No way. The X receiver in that system is meant to ball out, and he is, and it looks good. So unless he gets injured, I don't really see this stopping. Justin Herbert is on fire, and Allen and Williams are both going to eat, in my in, in my opinion. I'm not selling Yeah. I, no. Uh, Brandon Staley, I mean, he may have made you scratch your head last week with some of the play calling towards the end of the game. But also at the same time, I I've, I think of him and what they did at the end when they, when they went for it, instead of running the clock and kicking the field goal and giving the ball back to Mahomes was they saw one-on-one and Mike Williams there and they just threw it up. It reminded me a whole lot of Dez with Romo back in the day when they saw one-on-one, just throw the fade and then he's going to bring it down. And Williams got a touchdown in every game so far. The offensive line is what's doing it, Jen. They, they draft Slater and, 
and he's holding his own. They did a good job of, of building that offensive line and protecting Justin Herbert. It's another offense that I really like. Uh, yeah, the, the sky's the limit for Herbert and everybody around him. Me too. So we have some questions that I want to get to in a minute, but really quick, I was wondering if you could give me some of your favorite starts at the position for this week. Like, you know, for instance, for me running back, I kind of like Miles Sanders this week. I like Jonathan Taylor, you know, just, just a couple at each position that you like for this week generally. Yeah, I was actually going to talk up Sanders, which I thought may have been a little crazy considering he only had two carries, but that is magnified now. That's why I led with it, just so I, I would take the crazy in case you want. But but if you're on the same page, it's not crazy. That's how I feel. It It's it's both. I mean, I know we're talking backs, but Devontae Smith and Miles Sanders, I mean, dud games last week, and they only ran the ball twice with him, which is so confusing. I really like him as a running back. I mean, a couple of years ago as a rookie, he was one of four running backs to have 50 catches, 500 receiving yards, 800 rushing yards, 4.6 yards per attempt. And you're thinking that he would be maybe an elite running back in fantasy. Then he doesn't really get the ball as a sophomore. And I thought it was a Doug Peterson thing. I know they played from behind last week and they're most likely going to play from behind against Kansas, against Kansas city this week as well. But the chiefs are struggling not only to stop the pass, but to stop the run, the second most rushing yards, 5.4 yards per carry is the second most four runs of at least 20 yards, the second most uh, fantasy points to quarterbacks and just the most rushing touchdowns overall. When you include quarterbacks, I know Lamar ate them up a little bit, but I think if you're hesitant to start Miles Sanders, which I understand why you would be, he would be a guy. Jonathan Taylor would be a guy. These are two running backs that I think you can expect bounce back performance. At least the usage should be there with both of those guys. I agree. Eddie, do you have any guys that you are debating for your lineups this week? Yes, actually I do. And uh, I have one spot. It's between, it's really a coin flip between um, Marquise Hollywood Brown and Corey Davis. And I, you know, part of my brain goes Corey Davis, uh, is is the one there should get a lot of targets. The Jets are always going to be behind, and Zach Wilson's going to throw the ball, hopefully not to the other team. But it's a tough matchup versus Tennessee, and then uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown, another tough matchup versus uh, Denver Broncos, and he had the dro- case of the drops last weekend. So I'm I'm really like it may just come down to a heads or tails coin flip for me. <laughs> I, I would lean Corey. I you know Brown is got a high ceiling, but you mentioned the tough matchup. I would lean Corey Davis, and the Jets' offense obviously hasn't been great. I mean, they scored zero points last week and six in the past two weeks, but Corey Davis is at least getting the volume, the opportunity, and you could throw in the Titans. You can throw on their other secondary teams are throwing on them. I think they've given up. Yeah. They've given up the most points to opposing wide receivers so far this year in, uh, in Fandle. That's a good spot. At least. So that's a pretty good spot for Davis. I mean, but Hollywood Brown, what a disappointment. Like he had so many opportunities and he was looking so good. So frustrating. Um, yeah. yeah I, we have to have you back, Chris, because I want to also ask you if you think the Raiders are for real. I, ha- I have just a, a long list of questions here. And, and if you're worried about <laughs> Lawrence and all of that, but um, let's get to some questions. Do you mind answering a few questions with us that we got? Sure. Yeah. All right, Eddie, yeah, what do you have there for us? All right, so let's go to our listener questions here. And um, we got from JV in the LBC asking, Kenny Galladay is my water student number two. Will he turn it around or should I give up on him? Ooh, I had this guy's a bust, but I'm starting to come around a little bit just considering Sterling Shepard yeah. is going to miss some time and Darius Slayton's going to miss a bit of time. So. Mm-hmm. You know, new a wide receiver on a new team. The Giants' offense is pretty frustrating when you watch it. Uh, Jason Garrett does it doesn't do a great job of 
they're just not creative enough, right? They're not creative enough in getting the ball to to Saquon. And I, I think Kenny Galladay, I mean, he reamed out Jason Garrett a couple weeks ago. It looked like he was just yelling at Daniel Jones, but he was actually yelling at Jason Garrett. I would I would just be patient with him and and hope that he can return value. But it's it's not the Kenny Galladay of old. It's not the days of Detroit where, you know, he's a lock and loaded wide receiver one for you. I think he's a three at best, but I would just be patient. Maybe this week he can turn it around with some missing bodies on the team. I agree. And mostly because of what you said, because no Sterling Shepard, no Darius Slayton. If they were still around, yeah, he would be he would be close to my cut list. Just really hasn't done it for much here. Um, okay, next question. What do we got, Ed? Uh, we got from at Steel City021. He has to start two of these three in non-PPR. Tyler Lockett, Keenan Allen, or Mike Williams? Oh, oh my goodness. I wish my team was that good. Um Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. It pains me to say lock in. I would roll with those two. It's a it's a high scoring game, right? We have we have Las Vegas and Los Angeles. Right. I think the total I got written down here. It's like yeah, fifty. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of points. I mean, how could you say Williams? Of course, Seattle's also at fifty two. I mean, this is just a horrible thing. But yeah, I, you can't sit Williams. He's a touchdown machine. You can't sit Allen and and lock it. Though he has been phenomenal, he has been known to have either a two-touchdown game or a zero-touchdown game. So, yeah, I think I'd play both the Chargers wide receivers as well. Plus the knee. I think something popped up with him. I'm not hearing too much about it so far, but he left late in that game with a knee injury. And I do believe he came back in the final snap or two, but he may not be 100%. That's something to keep in mind. Okay, we definitely need to keep in mind. Because he's in my Scottish All right. <laughs> Let's do uh let's do a trade offer here. Um, we have a listener question. He's been offered uh, Tom Brady, Kareem Hunt, and Mike Williams for Aaron Jones. He already has uh, his Derek Henry, and uh, he has Jalen Hurts at quarterback. A Rob Sutton, Claybull. Basically, the trade is Aaron. What do you would you trade away uh, those three players for Aaron Jones? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. Um, yeah, you're getting three pieces. You get a, a top quarterback in Brady, and the Bucks are throwing like they're among the leaders in in pass percentage. They're not really trying to run the football at all. You get Tom in the revenge spot this week to break the all time passing record. But yeah, you get Hunt, who I mean, he just had an RB one week. He has that ability. It's not going to happen every single time, but he's a guy that finishes a top ten running back last year. And Nick Chubb also, and in terms of points per game, like both of these guys they can coincide, right? You're seeing committees across the league and nobody runs the football really better than Cleveland, maybe Baltimore, but Cleveland. You're getting three solid pieces there, Ed Williams. I would do that. Yeah, I think I wrote this, uh, this actually accidentally answered this one online. Sometimes I forget that I'm not supposed to answer them. I think I told him to pull the trigger on this one as well uh, because it makes a lot of sense, Mike Williams. And you do, he does need to upgrade his wide receivers, especially with the, the riskiness of, of Allen Robinson and Chase Claypool, who also hasn't been so phenomenal this year so yeah I like it but I have to I just want to quickly point out that Jalen Hurts is probably frustrating to watch as a real quarterback but he and like Taylor Heineke these are players that are actually kind of actually good for your fantasy team so you know I'm not cutting Jalen Hurts loose um so he already has Jalen Hurts so I think you may want to want to keep Jalen Hurts around if you can oh yeah flip Brady just turn around and flip Brady then to a quarterback uh in somebody who needs a quarterback, I agree with you. Jalen Hurts, I mean, he he, he didn't have a great game yes last uh, Sunday night, Monday night. 
Yeah, but he still put up yeah, a it, fantasy points. It's it was- either been 300 passing yards or 50 rushing yards, which is phenomenal to think about. And he's exactly. started six games, seven games. Yeah, he's been I – mean, he's great from a fantasy standpoint. He's fine. Yeah, he's totally fine from fantasy. All right, let's do a uh, quarterback question here. We have a listener asking us to pick two of these three QBs, Matty Ice, Dalen Jones, or Jameis Winston. Which two? Ooh, ooh. Um, That's not great. Yeah. Um, Matty Ice, Jones, or what was the last one? Jameis. Winston? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would go with – I think I would go with Daniel Jones and get a little bit of rushing upside. It's Jones or Matt Ryan for me. I, I can't start Jameis right now. They're running the football more than any team in the NFL. They're, there's no air yards. It's not the old Jameis. It's not the old Jameis where he's airing it out. They're they're playing at a very, very slow pace, and it's been a lot of Alvin Kamara just getting touches in that offense. So I don't know, Jen. What do you think? Tiebreaker there. I, don't, I, I think I'd lean with Jones. He but, said uh, pick two, so I'm actually going to pick Jones and okay. Ice the same thing just because I think both of them have the possibility to have big games because you're right, Jameis Winston. And you know what? And, and to his credit, he's, he's not throwing a lot of picks anymore in this system, in the champagne system. It's not, it's not as, you know, like he's not like a solo cowboy out there just flinging the ball around like he was, <laughs> you know, in Tampa Bay, which Tom, Tom Brady can get away with more, but that didn't work for James. Yeah. But that really puts a serious cap on his fantasy upside. So, yeah, I don't think you need to keep Jameis Winston around. I don't think he's going to win you any fantasy football leagues. Peyton won't let him throw the ball. Mm. <laughs> he doesn't want him to turn it over. He won't let him throw the football. Right, but that's terrible for Alvin Kamara, so I, I didn't say that. Take it back. Don't do not do that. Stick with Janice. Uh, we have a, a D special teams question here. Uh, listeners cool. asking, which of the these three for this week and for the rest of the season between the Carolina Panthers, the Colts, and the Cleveland Browns? Ooh. Carolina's been really impressive they're going to get a true test this week against Dallas because Dallas has also been really impressive heading into last week. Carolina was, and they still are according to football outsiders, DVOA number one against the run, number one against the pass, number one defense and third down uh, double digit sacks lead the league in quarterback hits. Like they have been super impressive a couple years ago. All they did was draft defensive players. I think my answer may be them for the rest of the year. Um, for this week, my answer is right there too, but. I'm going Colts this week, but Panthers for the rest of the season. I don't know if I'm allowed to answer yeah. that way. You are, of course. Okay. I know. Stamp of approval. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, someone, oh, this is tough. Uh, listeners drafted Christian McCaffrey and Gus Edwards as a running back one and two. Now, to, what do I do at running back? Uh, they're asking, is it Bernard, McKissick, Coleman, Hubbard, or is there someone else in mind that they should go after? Okay, so they drafted Gus uh, Edwards and CMC, and and who are they giving us as options? Uh, it looks like the availability is uh, Chuba Hubbard, Gio Bernard, McKissick, and Coleman, uh, or is there someone else out of that group they should look at? I think, number one, you got to go pick up Chuba. You have to, yeah. you got to roll with him. And probably Canadian boy. McKissick out of that list. Um, because I actually, you know – Antonio Gibson is not touching the ball in third and long. I mean, I know he had that one dramatic touchdown pass last week, but he's really underperforming. And I think McKissick is the guy they're going to run out there in the two-minute drill, and therefore you could get some points that way. Also, they need receivers. Heineke needs receivers. So, you know, young, 
I, I just think that, that McKissick's the one, but maybe, and I know this sounds horrible. If, if you have room to also pick up, this is so gross. Peyton Barber. <laughs> no, I get it. This, I mean, this person's in a pinch, right? Yeah. So he's not on the IR, so maybe he'll come back in a couple of weeks. But also, I don't believe they put him on the IR last year either. They kind of just toyed around with him and yeah. he was just hanging around. Yeah. Peyton in a pinch. You, you play him this week. Josh Jacobs dealing with a yeah. lot. But Chuba certainly needs to be rostered. He could give you four or five grabs a game and maybe get 10 carries. I like the J.D. McKissick call, too. He caught 80 balls last year. He's playing third down. He's getting some two-minute drills. He had a red zone carry that he took from Gibson, in which he converted right. for a touchdown. He, he could help you out. Cordero Patterson might be there, too, if you want to check, if possible. He's someone. But what, what's your opinion on Mike Davis, by the way? Like, I mean, people drafted him, so I, I stayed away. I don't have a single bit of Mike Davis because I felt it was a trap. But um, what do people do with Mike Davis at this point? I don't know. You just, I guess you just continue to roll him out. I mean, uh, we talked about the offensive line is not great. You just hope that he, he continues to get a few targets in the, in the passing game. But yeah, him and Cordell are kind of splitting a little bit. Cordell's getting some, some rushing attempts. I do believe that Davis is the red zone back, but they're not in there too often. I think you just roll him out at best case. He's like a flex guy for you a little bit uh, higher of a ceiling in a full point league. Two more quick ones for you guys. Yeah, we'll start with this uh, running back one here. Should I believe all the Royce Freeman hype? Is there Royce Freeman hype? I was just going to ask that. (laughs) Royce Freeman. Um, Um, I I don't know. If you can't get Chuba Hubbard and you're in a super deep league and you want to believe what Matt Rule said, and we talked about this earlier in the pod, Eddie, I'm not sure we should trust what coaches say. If you want to believe he's totally. better in presence and you're in a bind, sure, take Royce Freeman. But if there's hype, uh, change the station. <laughs> I will say I do have a couple shares for cheap just yeah. because of what you said. If you couldn't get Chuba, why not? It, Chuba's a rookie. He could struggle as a pass blocker. It's possible. Maybe this time next week we're talking about Royce having a larger role. Yeah, I do have one share. I will admit that in in a, in a league where I couldn't get Chuba and I have Christian McCaffrey. All right. And we'll round it up with a wide receiver question here. Would you drop either Christian Kirk or Tim Patrick to pick up Rashad Bateman? Jen, that's probably a tough one for you. You like both of those guys. I love both those guys. I probably would not... Um, but if you were going to drop one, I would drop Tim Patrick. Yeah, I would just, I agree. I would hold on to both. Um, it, they got to ease Bateman back in, can suffer a yeah. setback. We don't Baltimore really know. To run the football. I think he's going to be great, but it could be weeks before he is. He's still a rookie. Uh, you know, I don't think I would, yeah. I would drop anybody with such a solid floor, which Kirk and Patrick are proving to have, surprisingly. So, um, Okay, that all our questions, Eddie? We answered them all. You guys helped out uh, everyone who chimed in with us. Thanks again for our listeners. Uh, definitely send it at Jan Piacente, at uh, Edward L. Murphy, and at Extra Points. We'll answer all your questions, so thank you guys for doing that. We will get to them. And don't forget to play with us at the Extra Points Arcade. You can play too, Chris Meany. It's a free entry. And uh, if it you will. win, you can donate your hat to me because I haven't won yet. And I'm still in pursuit of the golden baseball cap uh, over at extrapoints.com slash arcade. You can go head to head with me, Cousin Sal, Eddie Spaghetti, Dave Damashek, 
Harry, the Parley Kid, Brother Bry, Martin Weiss, all your favorites. You can compete with us. You can show us how it's done. In the meantime, if you have any questions about specific start sits, uh, what to do with the trade, go ahead and shoot them over to us at Jim Piacenti, at Extra Points Pod, uh, at Edward L. Murphy. Is that right? Edward L. Murphy? Thanks, so. Yeah. Fancy. Like, <laughs> I got, that was all. I got I to gotta change it up, man. I got to change it. These, that's why it's probably we get better questions if I had a better at handle. <laughs> no, it's, it's very, it's like I changed mine from Jennifer to Jen to sound like a little more cool. Um, I'm not sure that worked, but it's people still probably have trouble spelling PHNC. Um, and please give Chris Meany a follow at C H R I S M E. A-N-E-Y, by the way, the most ridiculous name because he's the least meanie person you've ever met. And of course, you can find him at FCN Network. And in the meantime, go out and enjoy winning that fantasy football.